0: Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we ask the question, should you be a thought leader? Hmm. Yeah, so this came out of an exchange I had with a student who was describing sort of uh, some content marketing that he was doing for in a B2B context that, you know, we were looking at it, it seemed like it was gonna be effective, and he used the word thought he He used the word well, you know I want to be a thought leader in this space and the and the thing that he was talking about it it's just like clicked with me like in a n in i just felt like it didn't or it didn't click with me is what I should say is like it was like thought like the thing- I mean, it's hard to to tell the story without telling the story uh but it was just very, very, very localized and specific, and it mm. wasn't like. It wasn't big, and and we went we went for maybe a half an hour after that. Me just trying to like say you know no, think bigger, think bigger, and you would say, well, this, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's bigger, but I want big, 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 you know. And <laughs> and it started to, it started, it didn't immediately occur to me what the friction was in my mind, but when we got by the end of it, I got to a place where I f- I felt like the he was sort of uh, splashing the word thought leadership on something that wasn't really thought leadership. And that got us to thinking, and we, we talked about it a little bit after the show last week, about the words thought leader. Mm-hmm. And in, in this particular case, you know, my student was doing educational content marketing. He was basically like teaching people about better ways to do this and that and you know uh, to me i was like that's it that doesn't feel like a thought leadership Mm-mm. thing maybe yeah maybe i'm maybe it's just me no. i guess it's not just me
1: no and so that I, sounds like an expert to me i'm teaching yes. you how to do something
0: exactly and that was that was it was the first time that it occurred to me that there was perhaps and having thought about it i would say definitely a difference between an expert and a thought leader so figured we'd sort of explore that here for you today dear listener <laughs> So it sounds like we're in agreement, uh, at the high level. What, what does thought leader mean to you?
1: Well, I, I, I may have a bias about this that comes from all the years I spent in big consulting. Um, but in, in that context, thought leaders were always people whose job was, I mean, it literally was their job to think big thoughts and publish and lead the rest of us in their area of expertise Mm -hmm. So, so, so think about that. They had no direct reports. They, they would, I, I called it think big thoughts, but about their area. So for example, we'd have a thought leader on, you know, retiree medical, we'd have a thought leader on performance management, on sales compensation, on mergers and acquisitions. So it was big in the sense of you think about how your area ties into everything that the clients might be involved in. But it was small in the sense that it was a narrow, you know, kind of a vertically focused area of expertise within a broader firm. Mm-hmm. So when I think of that, I still go back to somebody who has a really deep knowledge of something, but has the broad ability to see out into the future and say, what trends are going to impact this? It's somebody who's going to show me ways to think about things that I haven't before.
0: Mm-hmm
1: they're going to lead the way.
0: Right. Well, that, yeah. And then you just connected the dots right at the end there, because it's like an expert might do some, a lot of what you described. They might think Mm -hmm. about going deeper. They might, you know, into their space, they might have insights, they might have discoveries, but if they're not leading other people to a new place, I say that, okay, you're an expert. You're not a thought leader. You, You know, even an authority isn't Really, necessarily a thought leader. I mean, you could imagine authority Correct. being called in as an expert w- witness in, uh, you know, a, a boat blows up and they call in an expert witness in ballistics or something. And like, okay, but that's not a thought leader. They might have, they might be a groundbreaking scientist in ballistic missile technology. Great. That's awesome. And that's probably a great job to have. Maybe not, maybe not that particular <laughs> example. But, you know, but you, so the point I'm starting to get to is that you, can be an incredibly successful expert. You don't have to be a thought leader. You don't need to like be sort of saying, hey, bunch of people, there's a there's a mental place we should all go to. It's way over there. I might not even know how to get there. We can figure that out on our own. But that is the place that we need to get to. And it's a new thought. It's a new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, to me, it feels this is a part I'm not so sure about. I, I'm, I'm sure about everything else. <laughs> but I'm not so sure about this part is can, can you be a thought leader to one person or does it need to be? Cause to me, it feels like it. when I ever see somebody I think of as a thought leader, there is a, there is a, there's a groundswell, there's a movement, there's, there's a lot of people. I don't usually see it as a, as a, like a one-on-one thing feels more like a mentorship a or something. Mentor. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a mentor. That's not a thought leader,
0: right? I, I feel like it needs to be on a pretty big stage, literally and figuratively.
1: Well, a, a growing, a, a growing stage it could mm-hmm. be, because I think there, you know, it's a process. You don't sort of arrive fully formed as, as a thought leader. And, True. and That that piece I think that's really important. That maybe gets to your, you know, one to one versus one to many. Is I believe a thought leader has to push. And prod and enlist allies, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's not just, Oh, I'm going to float this idea out there and see, you know, who bites on it, but I'm going to push it and I'm going to try and think of as many ways to reach people with this idea and my viewpoint on that idea as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So there's that, that personal, um, maybe even emotional tug. Where you're invested in getting other people to to see the light, if you will.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. And I just I just see it visually as as like a thought leader, someone who's trying to get a large group of people to move to a new way of thinking, like a, mm-hmm. a almost a physical movement. Yes, it's just thoughts, but like you to get a whole bunch of people to see the world in a new way, to think about the world in a new way, and the kind of thing you can't unsee once you see it it's like now we're here we are no longer there anymore and it's different than it's not it's not the same thing as education it's more like triggering an epiphany or a light bulb moment and it's not the kind of thing you can forget either it's like it's just the new way you see the world and in yeah I suppose there's lots of ways that things like that can get triggered you can go through major life events and so on and so forth but but if we're talking about thought leaders that that's what it means to me there's a you know, like you said, you know, you could be working your way up to it. You're building the, the groundswell or building the audiences. I don't love the word audience here actually, but anyway, the, the
1: try, I don't
0: want to say followers either, but it's like interested parties, let's say. Uh, but eventually it's the kind of thing that could become large, you know, if it was successful and they do a good job, with all of the sort of emotional and political moves that you need to make to lead a large group of people, then you could end up in that place.
1: Well, yeah. What struck me about that is that, um, maybe the different, one of the differences between being a thought leader and an expert is that thought leader is looking for that spark. That's going to connect their ideas, their point of view in this, in their subject matter area with others. And there's never t- just one thing, you know, there's something that might spark you and it might be different than what sparks me, but it's all related to the same idea. Mm-hmm. They're looking for that spark, I think.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just like, here's a great idea, take it or leave it. You know, to right. me, that, that's more of scientist, expert, uh, that sort of thing. It's like, hey, look, you know, this is scientifically proven. It's a repeatable process, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is groundbreaking. And, you know, this is going to be a big deal. All right, but you're not really trying to change the way I think, Mm -hmm. you know. But you know, but that's not to denigrate denigrate it at all. It's like that's great, right? So the the question of the episode is: Should you be a thought leader? So what situation? uh, I I hate using the word "should." (laughs) (laughs) In what cases is is it appropriate to go down that path of thought leadership, and when is it? When does it make more sense to be an expert instead, or not instead? Because you could be an expert and a thought leader, but.
1: Well, you probably have to be an expert to be a thought leader. Probably, I yeah. Mean, y- you have to know something about an area, and it can't be—it can be a big idea, but it's got to be a definable area, or it's mm-hmm. really hard to be a thought leader. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does tend to go hand in hand. Like, if you think about—if you think about TED talks that really resonate with you know, you, whoever, you know, dear listener, whatever the your favorite TED talks are, the ones that resonate for me are almost always someone who's, you know, spent their entire life in an industry, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. and are, are not spring chickens typically. So what, what so what do you, th- like, what do you think? Like at what point does it make, what, when would it be a bad idea to be a thought leader or begin that down that path?
1: I love that question because in a way it's easier to answer than, than the opposite. And I think if you really aren't wired to share. Because I think that's the biggest part of being a thought leader, because once you've developed that expertise, you basically have to get your jollies by sharing it with other people. You're curating and you're giving away your ideas and you're trying to engage other people in them. So it's a way of working that isn't suited to everybody. Mm -hmm. So if you're sort of like that ivory tower person who wants to sit there and research and then go and do work for a client, again, nothing bad. There's nothing bad about that. It's just that's not a thought leader. You've got to be willing to sh- you know develop those ideas, yes, but then share them. And, of course, listen to what people have to say about them because they may not agree with you.
0: Yes, you need to. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say you need to be a good listener and you need to be prepared. You need to keep an open mind because people are going to have really good points about, you know, like, OK, I get your idea, Mr. Thought Leader, but uh, I'm in this particular situation how does it apply to me or, or it doesn't apply to me, or it seems not to like translate it for me. It's so you end up, you'll, you'll end up saying the same thing for 10 or 15 years. So like you need to have patience. That's another quality I think is that you need to be patient while people catch up to you. Cause it's going to take a long time. It takes a long time to, for people's minds to change.
1: Well, I think the other thing that is maybe a little up in the air for our audience is that our audience are mostly independents. So you also have to make a living while you're doing this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, thought leadership can be with people other than your clients. You know, if you're an expert on X and you serve clients, the clients may not care about developing that expertise to the level of thought leadership. But people who do what you do in the rest of the world do. So, so you almost have a different tribe that right now when you start are not clients. So if you're going to become a thought leader and be independent and make a living, you have to figure out, you know, who is your real audience? And then how are you going to make a living from all of that, ultimately?
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I was talking to someone the other day this is, you know, it's the same sort of thing or no, no, I wasn't talking to him. I I was listening to a podcast of a friend (laughs) of mine talking to him. It's a, felt felt very similar. Um, and so on the show, he, he created this person created thought leadership for like large companies. So, so he almost Mm -hmm. would assist people inside of organizations to, uh i don't know how to say it build their thought leadership like yeah and yeah. and the intent being to attract more talent to the company like this company's doing innovative things or um uh, to attract bigger clients because this company's doing innovative things they're you know and i wonder is that i, I feel like it's the same thing but it's maybe a a cousin doesn't feel like what I'm, you know, for a soloist. So like a corporation doing air quotes, a thought leadership feel and it's individuals inside of the corporation, but it's on behalf of the corporation. So kind of, I guess, kind of. I don't know it feels a little bit different to me something about it feels a little unpure or something
1: well no i actually i i can see that and and let me just you know take the example from my prior life with a consulting firm so i mentioned um all of these thought leaders you usually wouldn't see their name on these things that would go to clients so if i was the expert on sales compensation i'm probably going to write and then ultimately approve something that goes to all clients about that, but it's not going to have my name on it. Okay, it's the firm's point of view, the firm's thought leadership, and that's very common. In fact, I sort of laugh when everybody talks about content marketing. Consulting firms have been doing this since at least the 30s, yeah. right? So they've been doing it forever. You know, what's somewhat new, I think, is where corporations are doing it. Um, For the reasons you mentioned, you know, I think it can be powerful, but I I think it's different because um, both of those kinds of organizations have a revenue base. Mm -hmm. They have a structure, they have a way that they make money and a way that they leverage their marketing and thought leadership to make money Mm -hmm. ultimately. Right. Um, When you're a soloist, you have to look at this a little bit differently. It's how, how do you, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying you want to walk into it thinking about how do I build this and where do I want to take this? And over time you might write books and do speeches and get totally paid for, from just those two sources. But when you're first starting out, chances are you're trying to serve clients with your area of expertise.
0: Right. Yeah, I was your your comment about you know how you're going to make a living while you build this base was I was thinking well oh you know could people do it from inside a corporation but you're I'm sure you're right that your actual name wouldn't be on anything that they published so that's uh that that wouldn't really
1: well they can still write articles and and they're encouraged most big firms encourage their key people to do that mm-hmm. um, and there's a you know some percentage of their time that's allocated to that so it's not that they don't do that but. It's different. I mean, I just think we should be, you know, really straight with our audience. I mean, it's different when you're sitting there with a salary and a compensation package creating this versus you're on your own and you have an an area of expertise, you have a big idea, and you want to build that audience. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's actually a really exciting place to be. I think.
0: Oh yeah, it's. I mean, if you have the qualities that it, that it requires. Yeah. You know, like good yeah. listener. Patience so on and so forth, you know sharing a sharing type of personality
1: well, and I think a a, a, a Distinct point of view about your subject matter. Mm-hmm. I mean you've got to have something that not only is distinct it that will break through I mean, I, I keep coming back to hourly billing is nuts Jonathan. <laughs> I mean, that's an example That's really I mean, it's it's a big idea. It's a point of view It's all of those things rolled into one Um, but it allows you to, to slice into the marketplace in a way that you wouldn't otherwise.
0: Right. So speaking of books, is that, you know, are are we talking about all the usual suspects? So if someone is listening and they're like, Oh, you know what? Yes, I do have a big idea. I have those qualities. Uh, it, it, to me, it's a long term play. And, and, you know, if, what are the, what are the ways that you spread that word? I'm sure it's all the usual things that we talk about. You know, it really know, speaking, is. blogging, writing books, so on right. and so forth.
1: articles, um, video uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's 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 getting out and and you've got to find something that is going to connect with your people
0: mm-hmm. I suppose it I suppose it's worth pointing out though that of all of those things we just listed a bunch of things, none of them have a built-in feedback loop and I think a feedback loop, is pretty important. Like they can have one, you know, you can go on a book tour and do signings and uh, go on podcasts and talk to hosts or, you know, you could have uh, a online community or be very active on Twitter, for example. And And social. uh, Yeah. And, and, and get that feedback. Like, here's this idea. I'm putting it out into the world. I think that the world would be a better place if more people saw this the way I see it. Here's why. And, you know, come at me, bro. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> and and like let's let's hash this out like like tell me i'm wrong why am i wrong like you mm-hmm. you almost have to invite that it it's not fun i i know from experience it's not super fun but uh it's it's amazing when you actually when the light bulb goes on for somebody else and it doesn't you know it happens one time out of a 100 probably well maybe a little bit better than that but but it doesn't happen every time. Let's put it like that. So you need to have a little bit of a thick skin about it in an open mind and be like, okay, you know, I, you know, we just disagree or whatever, but. uh, Well,
1: social is great for that because mm -hmm. you you can have a conversation. And the cool thing about it is that the conversation can go beyond just the two of you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And you start to, you know, develop a tribe. Um, it's, I think you pointed out, you, you have to have a thick skin. Um, and you also have to be uh, have something that is at least well baked enough that you can put it out there. You, you can't be so attached to it that you're not willing to change it. But you need to have done at least enough thinking so that you've got the planks of your belief system of your thought leadership. I, I mean, I think I, I'd feel more comfortable if somebody had those things and then adjusted.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Like, there needs to be. It's that's a hard balance too. Mhm because here I I I once read that uh that's that's how sort of uh people who are famous for a particular idea, you know, so let's say um a really polarizing uh politician uh, who has very strong views about lots of things, they can end up super out of touch with, you know, air quotes, reality because their opinions are so well known that it creates an echo chamber around them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and
0: they aren't getting dissenting opinion because everyone knows what they think and people are like well i'm not going to change i'm not going to change that guy's mind you know mm-hmm. or that girl's mind it's like it's insane to imagine and so what it becomes a self-reinforcing thing which leads to and i think he used the word brittle which it it leads to this like sort of indefensible inflexible pl- you know sort of heels dug in kind of stance that, uh, you know, kind of emperor has no clothes type thing where, but, but man, that's a hard balance because if, you know, you wrote an entire book about something and then you're like, whoa, actually I missed a huge, (laughs) you know?
1: (laughs) Well, that's the second book.
0: That's the second Um, book, right?
1: But I'm not sure the person that you described would be a thought leader. And maybe I'm being Pollyanna about this, but I think a thought leader has to keep looking at what's coming And, and you don't have to be right. All the time, but you have to be thinking about it and looking at it and having a viewpoint about it. And if it never changes, that doesn't, to me, that feels like the, the not leadership. Mm
0: -hmm. Leadership
1: should be evolving over time with your tribe and your idea.
0: Yes, I didn't mean to imply that like a a, a polarizing politician was a thought leader, but uh, <laughs> thought leaders' opinions are well known. Their point of view is well yes. known in that same yes. kind of way. And I, you know, I, I don't get any email from anybody saying, you know what, hourly billing is awesome, and here's why. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Like no one does that. Occasionally, people will fight about it behind my back, and I'll hear from people that people are skeptical or they think I'm an idiot or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no one ever it's it hardly ever happens to me face to face you know in in virtual or real life anymore and i'm like that's kind of i don't you know it's kind of i kind of don't like that it's you know part of me is like well it's fun not to have that fight all the time (laughs) and it's not a fight actually it's more of a wrestling match and it's, it's different and uh I don't, I think I, now I'm having a a moment here where I'm like, oh, I should probably invite that more. I should probably like encourage that more. That would be a, and that's, that's what I'm getting at with the feedback loop is that you, Mm. you do need to keep, it's kind of like, you could almost think of it as like checking your analytics, like, in a sense, if it, it would maybe make you feel better about it to like, well, is this, is this clicking? Is this getting traction? Is this, is this, am I making progress? And you could sort of do that by checking in with people. You know, that would be a way to kind of take the temperature of the audience on on the idea yeah. to invite, not criticism per se, but invite um, pushback, constructive criticism, um, comments. What are my blind spots here? What am I missing? All of those things sound like something a leader would do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, when you started it, you talked about a feedback loop, and maybe that's the the piece. And, you know, I've never really thought about that as being part of a thought leader's role, but I actually think it is because how are you going to know what's new and different? How will you hear? And I don't just mean you, Jonathan, I mean, everyone, how Mm. will you hear dissenting thoughts? And, you know, at some point, you know, we all have a point of view and it can be hard for, for ideas that aren't part of that purview to get in. And that's not always a bad thing. Right. There's 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 you, a reason you have focus and you're leading. But it, I, I think to be a true leader in every sense of the word, yeah, you have to so- solicit some kind of feedback. Like, you know, in the army, uh, probably all of the services, they have this after action review. It's kind of the same idea mm-hmm. is, you know, what just happened? You know, what went well or not well? And what would we change if we did it again? It's it's sort of that c- continuous feedback loop. Mm-hmm. from our audiences yeah
0: right and that is now to me now if we pull it back to like contrasting this with an expert i ex- i don't see an expert doing that at all i feel like an expert is I suppose it depends on the area of expertise but in general uh, an expert i could see an expert just really getting into their craft getting into their you know doing research uh testing um uh, surveys that sort of thing and soaking it up right. And, and just like getting in there, looking for insights, looking for opportunities, breaking new ground with technology or law or whatever, whatever it might be. And it's, it's a lot less about getting sort of, you know, feedback from the, you know, the rabble, if you will, you know, the, it's just <laughs> like, I don't care what you think. I proved this thing. Like, look, it's proven. I can repeat it. It's, it's done, this now works. Like the, you know, the chip is now microscopic, you know, there's no argument.
1: Well, it's about the client and the work together. Do you know what I mean? So, so the expert in that sort of situation that you describe, I think is the person who wants to keep learning their craft and honing it. They also want to work with clients. They have a business. So a lot of what they're focused on is how can this be better for the client? Right, right for the situation. And then that will bring me more clients. It's just, it's a different focus versus it's, it's, and when I say lower, I don't mean in a hierarchical sense, but it's closer to the ground yeah. than what we're talking about with, with thought leadership.
0: Right. Or you could call it more near term. So it's kind of like, yeah, like it feels like it feels like the thought leadership thing <laughs> operates on a glacial scale. Or it can, it, it's not the kind of, you know, I guess every once in a while there's like a, a, a huge breakout, um, you know, like, I don't know, would you, would you call that, that, uh, uh, oh, the art of tidying up book was, you know, is that, is that thought leadership really? Or it was a giant fad. Just, do you know what I'm talking that's about?
1: It's I think it's, oh, are you kidding me? I've okay. read every single one of her books <laughs> and I've done it. Um, I think of that as more of a big idea. Okay. Which the big idea is that the things in your life should spark joy. Mm -hmm. That's the big idea. And everything else is, you know, content around that. Is that thought leadership? Not in and of itself. I mean, time will tell what she does. I think she has some sort of a Netflix or cable show. I don't know if it's out already or it's coming. Um, You know, start to see, is she teaching other professional organizers? Is she incorporating that or is it really more about her point of view and i think she could be you know she is successful she's highly successful and she can be successful in either in either realm Mm -hmm. but yeah i think that's for me that's a big idea
0: right yeah interesting great big idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah that one's kind of on the verge for me it's it's right on the edge between the two it could it could kind of go either way for me, because it does, it is a transformative way of thinking about your life. And mm-hmm. I only know this because my wife is the same way. She devoured all that stuff, and we were just <laughs> talking about it yesterday because we were cleaning out our winter stuff out of the closet. It was like, "This is stay or go, stay or go." And I, kiddingly, I said, "Well, does it spark joy?" <laughs> you know, like
1: oh. Listen, I made my husband touch every single one of his shirts that we took out of the closet, and and he, I mean, he was really kind of like in your headspace when we were doing it. But then he started to get into it, mm-hmm. and he got rid of way more stuff than I ever thought he would. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a big idea.
0: It, yeah, it really <laughs> is. All right, so do we do we help? Do we get anywhere? For, I, I think. Well, what do you think?
1: Well, I, there's I guess there's maybe you know. One more thing that I, I sort of think is maybe part of a thought leader. I'm curious for your take on this. Um, I, I like my thought leaders to be a little edgy, and to take kind of an unexpected angle. And these are, and I'm not saying that they're not nice people and that they're not, you know, polite, but they've got an edge to them. There's or into their ideas, and they're um, almost a. It's almost like they're incubating something and they're protecting it if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, it, it, I just find um, people who will fight for their ideas is interesting. I don't mean fight, like be a jerk, but fight in the sense of... No, you like know, stand up. And, Yeah, an intellectual... You know, this is why this makes sense, and and here, and this is why I care about it. Is kind of putting all those things together. I, I think makes a thought leader even more powerful. For me, I mean, I find them more compelling when I feel them that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, w- I mean, I would say, I like. I'm trying. To like I'm pausing because I'm actually thinking through people that I can that I'm that I would lump in that category, and. They're all, they're not all edgy, but they're all characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they all yeah. have some, they're quirky. There's something about them that stands out. And, you know, I'm not talking about hairdo. I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, the, although that's oftentimes, oftentimes <laughs> part of the picture, but, uh, they're just characters, you know, and, and they're mm, fearless, fearless, but not invulnerable so ah. you know courage they have courage and yeah. courage of their their convictions i suppose and that that seems like a, a of the examples that are kind of like carouseling through my head that seems to be a common thread
1: yeah and i i like you know the the word uh, vulnerable for that because that does it it does help i think it it we respond humans we respond to someone who's willing to show us their their soft underbelly sometimes, (laughs)
0: right? (laughs) Yeah, you want to be human. It's like, it's not, uh, you know, there's a show idea. I I did a a, a post the other day about uh, uh, musical geniuses or virtuosos versus world-class entertainers and what the difference between being a virtuoso and an entertainer is. And one of the things with being a virtuoso entertainers want to connect with the audience virtuosos okay broad broad strokes entertainment entertainers want to connect with the audience virtuosos want to impress their peers Mm -hmm. and you know certainly at the student level and and you can be both a virtuoso and an entertainer but uh it is a really interesting dynamic there that about vulnerability that i think is is perhaps worth talking about on another show
1: yeah, it's and I think what happens is, you know, when, when you sort of grow up professionally as an expert, it's easy to believe that really what matters is just your expertise, mm-hmm. that as long as you're the smartest person in that room on fill in the blank, right. that you're okay. But that's not the it's not the fastest way to build a business. It's having that human side and giving people something to connect with. And it's everything from how you talk about your idea to, you know, what you show of yourself, you know, a cool hairdo and, and <laughs> neat eyeglasses aside.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, in a consulting space, it's like you can come in and be the smartest person in the world, but it's not going to affect change in the client organization if you don't connect the dots for them. This, this is what, one of the big reasons why uh, I moved away from consulting or I, or I considered myself to be to be in need of improvement, let's put it that way, because people would agree with the ideas, but then take no action and drove me crazy. So, you know, I was like, well, I either need to get more persuasive or stop doing this. And I think that vulnerability and connecting the dots for the client or some empathy, all of those things can uh, help do that. And certainly, certainly those are traits that are important to be, to a successful thought leader.
1: Well, and there's, you know, the whole area of consulting skills, which, you know, has some crossover with what you just said. And then there's that unique aspect about going into a particular organization and enlisting that exact group of quote unquote change agents and then doing your work. And yeah, I think that's not necessarily a thought leader. It could be, but not necessarily. There's lots of experts that do it really well. Well, and it's, I also don't think being a thought leader is the holy grail mm-hmm. in our profession because I think sometimes people think, oh, I have to be the thought leader and they're thinking about it differently. Maybe they want to be an authority. Maybe they want to be the authority, but they might not be suited to be a thought leader. It might not just be the best use of their talents and passions.
0: Cool. Well, that might be a good place to leave it.
1: I, I got nothing else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Squeezed you dry. <laughs> We're all wrung out here, folks. So we'll, we'll hang it up for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Rochelle Moulton.
0: And we hope you join us again next week for the Business of Authority. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.